This is the To Health With That, Naturally Healthy in No Time podcast for big health topics taken in small bites. I'm your host, naturopathic doctor Amy Nuzel, and this is season one, all about the MTHFR mutation. Today, we need to talk about a vitamin that could actually be hurting you. This is whether you're an MTHFR mutant or a normal, quote-unquote, you might be getting way too much of this thing, and that could be really bad. So with an MTHFR mutation, medically, it kind of makes sense that if your body has a difference in its ability to process folate, like MTHFR, then you just flood the system so that even if the enzyme is moving slowly, there's sure to be enough. There is a problem with this logic. The form of folate that we usually see in supplements, foods, energy drinks, and everywhere else is folic acid. And there's really compelling evidence that it's toxic in high doses. Folic acid is the first synthetic form of folate. Folate is not just one thing. It's a group of related compounds found in foods that are loosely grouped under the label vitamin B9 or folate. The problem with them is that they are generally reasonably unstable, and so they degrade very quickly and can't be used in vitamins or supplements because they just convert to something else. Folic acid was developed in 1948, the first synthetic form of folate available, and it was a revolution. Folic acid has solved so many problems in undernourished populations, so it isn't that it's a bad thing. When you have a choice between folate deficiency and not having that deficiency because of folic acid, the choice is super easy. But it's when you're not in an undernourished situation that you have to be careful. Vitamins and food additives have to be shelf-stable. Naturally occurring folates aren't. The crystalline form of folic acid was first synthesized in 1943 by Bob Stoktad at the American Cyanid Company. <laughs> what a name! And researched for use in human disease by 1945. It was shown to be useful in the same anemias and diseases of pregnancy for which folate was discovered by researcher Lucy Wills in 1931. Folic acid is not toxic in small doses, and if it's taken at normal levels, it's very helpful and can help correct folate deficiency. It's the high doses that are an issue. So the risks associated with high-dose folic acid are not just for MTHFR folks. Nobody really anticipated for anybody to have this extremely high dosage of folic acid, because why would they? Well, as it turns out, when you supplement carb foods, breads, pastas, things like that, cookies, cereals, <laughs> with folic acid, yeah, we eat quite a lot of those. <laughs> As a culture, we tend to overdo it. Then, add energy drinks to that mix? My god. So many of us have a chronically high intake of folic acid, not folate, because of the combination of fortified foods, energy drinks, and supplements. In the U.S., the recommended daily intake is 400 micrograms, but actual consumption can be much higher. And I'm going to quote from an article from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Folate has a dual effect on cancer, protecting against cancer initiation, but facilitating progression and growth of preneoplastic cells and subclinical cancers, which are common in the population. Thus, a high folic acid intake may be harmful for some people. So the risks associated with high folic acid include a heightened risk of cancer, not because it's causing cancer, but because it's accelerating the growth of cancerous cells that might already be present. It's a risk nobody wants to face, and there are many, many studies showing this link. 
Cognitive decline, like cancer, seems to be a double-edged sword. And here's another quote. An observational study of data collected in the NHANES found in seniors with low vitamin B12 status, high serum folate was associated with anemia and cognitive impairment. When vitamin B12 status was normal, however, high serum folate was associated with protection against cognitive impairment. End quote. Cognitive decline is symptoms like dementia, memory loss, cognitive impairment, right? Impairment in thoughts and processes. If those seniors have a low vitamin B12 status, which is actually very common in the aged population, then folic acid is making those cognitive declines worse. If they are B12 normal, then it's making it better. There's also an associated risk of diabetes and thyroid disease, although this one's a little less clear. So there are two conflicting studies that have shown association between high folate status in pregnant mothers and metabolic syndrome or diabetes in the children. The results of each study are opposed to each other. So one says that it increases the risk of diabetes and thyroid disease in the offspring, and the other one says it decreases the risk. <laughs> Obviously, this is a little bit tricky. If you want to see a link to all of these articles, but also a full review article on that particular issue, go to the website at tohealthwiththat.com. There's also a strongly researched link between hypersensitivities like childhood allergies, eczema, and asthma. And this is thought to be through the mechanism of DNA methylation. Again, this is happening in the offsprings of mothers who have too high a folic acid dose in their system during pregnancy. There are also a scattering of small studies relating to things like increased risk of autism, twinning, heart disease, mortality, that's death, immune issues, neurological issues, and fertility problems. It's shown in various small studies, but we don't have larger research studies to back those ideas up. Another problem is that there's extra hanging around in the blood. So what with all this food fortification, many people have more folic acid than their bodies can handle, even people without MTHFR issues. Folic acid has to be converted into something else to even begin to become useful, and it uses an enzyme, just like the MTHFR magic chair, only it's a different enzyme that converts a different valueless thing, that's folic acid, into something more valuable. And that enzyme is called dihydrofolate reductase. We'll call it DHF. DHF is a little bit slow in everybody, just generally, and it can't always keep up. So we see folic acid hanging around in the bloodstream being harmful. There's a great, great study, well, a number of them, uh, but I've linked to one in the show notes that shows the link between fortified foods and unmetabolized folic acid. The problem with the unmetabolized folic acid in the bloodstream is that it's associated with reduced natural killer cell cytotoxicity. And so your natural killer cells, NK cells, are your main patrol against cancer. So we want those guys to be as potent as possible. We want them to be really good. This is another potential explanation for the tendency of high folic acid levels to cause cancer or to increase the growth of cancer. And again, I've got a link to another full research article. If it's potentially toxic in normal folks, what about MDHFR folks? Yeah, great question. With MDHFR issues, the folic acid situation becomes even dicier. This specific question hasn't actually been studied in humans yet. And there are a lot of ethical considerations that would go into that. It's generally frowned on to give humans potentially toxic doses of something for the sake of science. There's a really great mouse study, because we're allowed to poison them. So mice were fed either a normal diet or an extremely high folate diet. That was 10 times the normal level. Normally fed mice work out normally. 
So this is the last we'll talk of them. Their lifespans were as expected. They had the same rates of disease as the general population. That's it. Folic acid-fed mice had abnormally weighty livers and spleens. Folic acid-fed livers were fatty in a pattern typical with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Also often seen in MTHFR folks, by the way. Folic acid-fed mice showed signs and symptoms of megaloblastic anemia, worse in the MTHFR mice, and that's usually caused by folate deficiency, which is weird, right? Folic acid-fed mice showed high white blood cell counts, which were even higher in the same white mice with MTHFR issues. MTHFR activity is inhibited by high levels of folic acid in mice, even in genetically wild-type mice. The higher the folic acid gets, the lower the activity of the MTHFR, and that's doubly so for MTHFR-impaired mice. The livers of these folic acid-fed mice had reduced ability to methylate toxins as compared to other mice, and again, that's even in the genetically normal mice. Any of these livers are under-methylating, as would an MTHFR person or mouse liver, but it's far worse, again, in the MTHFR mice. The amounts of SAMe, which is the product of the methylation pathway, and methyl-THF, which is active folate, were reduced in the folic acid-fed mice, and much more in those with the MTHFR issues. All of these effects were amplified in MTHFR mice. Bottom line, for MTHFR folks, folic acid is toxic, or at least very, very bad. Don't take it and avoid it in foods. Next week, we'll talk about what to take instead of folic acid. Don't forget to leave a great review and subscribe so you don't miss any of the juicy bits. Also, we've got some MTHFR classes in the works, so when you're visiting to healthwiththat.com, be sure to subscribe to the mailing list. Thanks!